Welcome to Sports Beat KC, the Kansas City Star Sports Podcast presented by First Federal Bank. It's Thursday, July 14th, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. We remain at Big 12 Football Media Days in Arlington, Texas, and today I thought I'd present a sample of what we try to get accomplished here. It's all about the interviews, and those generally come in two forms. One is when a coach or player sits at a podium and takes questions from a large group of reporters. Another is when they're in a small group or in a one-on-one setting. I like those better, and that's what you'll get here. Kellis Robinette, the Kansas State beat writer, and I are here to focus on the Wildcats and KU specifically and the conference at large. That's why yesterday's show you heard from new commissioner Brett Yormark and outgoing boss Bob Bowlesby. Today it's about the Wildcats and Jayhawks, and we cover a variety of topics with the interviews. First, you'll hear from K-State coach Chris Kleiman, who met with a small group after he walked off the podium. Kleiman spent much of the time discussing new quarterback Adrian Martinez, but he also drilled down on other players and position groups. Sometimes it'll be difficult to hear the questions. We tried our best to get those recorded. Next up is Gene Taylor, the Kansas State Athletic Director. I asked him about K-State's place in the realignment world. We'll take a break and then come back with a segment on Kansas, starting with quarterback Jalen Daniels. We talked about his progress in the program and professional aspirations. Finally, we'll hear from KU Athletic Director Travis Goff. Same line of questioning for Travis that I took with Gene Taylor. Basically, how should KU feel about its place in the college football world after this second round of realignment, the one that sent the Pac-12 schools, USC and UCLA, to the Big Ten? Okay, let's get started. Here is K-State football coach Chris Kleiman. Um, what, what do you think Colin Klein has really resonated, not just with your own players, but with recruits? Um, you know, his personality, for starters, uh, he's very honest, he's very straightforward, he's very genuine, and I think that's the, that's the thing. I don't think any of our coaches are used car salesmen, um, but um, Colin comes off in such a genuine way of... of caring for the recruit, loving the recruit, um, being honest with the recruit as far as where we see them in the mix. And uh, I'm excited for Colin to be able to have a first full year under his belt as, a, as an OC. What did you see from him in the spring with the year an extended amount of time running the offense? Um, a lot of different wrinkles that we put in, a lot of different uh, uh, terminology and stuff. It's just so hard to judge the spring with all those defensive players out. And that's something for us we've got to gauge quickly in the month of August with, you know, Cooper Beebe's going to block, you know, uh, Felix no matter what. But Hadley Panzer hasn't blocked Eli that much or Andrew Gang hasn't blocked Nate and Felix or or Pick or some of those guys that were out. Uh, Getting those guys uh, up to speed and getting those guys great competition, we're trying to keep everybody healthy. But... uh, uh, I'm excited about where we're at offensively. And then, you know, we only had Adrian for two practices as well. So to pick up where we leave, left off and have 25 good practices to get ready for that first game. Adrian had some of his better performances against better teams on the schedule last year. How can he build on that? Um, well, I, it's interesting because people ask me about what he did last year or in the previous years. I know the guy played a ton of football. 
uh, and he's an experienced football player. And what he did in the past, only thing I know is the kid takes ownership in everything. He doesn't pass the buck or say it was a bad play call or say the wideouts didn't do anything or the O-line didn't block. He takes ownership. And so that's where he and Colin are so in sync together. And so I'm excited because I, I think maybe a change of scenery was, was positive for him. And as we get into the month of August to just see what his true skill set is. I can see it just by watching film, but to see it live and in person for two practices, he's a special talent. Now it's just him fitting into what we're doing offensively and, and realizing that you know we still have a pretty good running back back there that we got to get the football to as well. How does, how does the challenge of starting out versus Oklahoma as your first uh, conference game really set the, the, the yeah, it is. Well, you're going to play them all anyway. Um, so the fact that uh, the only thing that was for sure is we were going to play on the road. Because that's the only thing that, that is for sure is K-State always opens on the road. Um, but that's the only thing. You're going to play them all, and you knew which ones were home and which ones were away. So that's the game that we've got to play. To start us off, we've just got such a huge non-conference schedule. And it starts with South Dakota that we've got to gear up for and make sure that we're ready for that one. New defense last year, switched up the offense a bit this year. Did you imagine evolving this much since you got to Kansas? Well, you know, that's college football right now. And it's college athletics right now is evolve and adapt and adjust. And you can you can complain about it or you can go with the times. And there's no reason to, to complain about it or say, well, poor us or that. Or what are they doing with this rule or that rule? You just have to control what you can control and adapt and adjust. And um, the defense last year... It helped us not, not give away so many RPO glances and some of those things in the RPO game. Offensively, we need to get the we need to get more plays. Now, does that mean that we're going to play 95 plays? Probably not, but we need to get more of a play count so that guys like Philip and Malik and Deuce and Cade and the guys can get touches and, and, and get our best players the football. And um, so, no, I. I Nothing surprises me in college athletics. I'm glad. It, it gives me energy to to be with the defense last year and now be a little bit more with the offense just to to, to kind of learn more and also tell them what hurts the defense. Coach, a little bit you talked about Cooper Beebe in the spring, moving him down inside at guard. Um, who have you kind of seen emerge at that tackle spot? Um, Andrew Linegang is the first name that jumps out at me. Um, Katori Levenston is uh, in really good shape right now. He's having a really good uh, uh, summer and needs to be an impact player for us. But I don't know if he's the tackle and Biebs is the guard or vice versa. That's the that's the great versatility that we have with those two guys. Andrew's strictly uh, a tackle right now. Um, also, getting Taylor Portier back uh, allows us you know more flexibility because he, Hadley, Hayden Gillum, we have some guys inside that... You know, Biebs is going to be a swing guy. Biebs is going to play both guard and tackle this year. I know you're happy when you got Daniel and Eli back, but what what just is their natural maturation now? What more can they bring to defense? Well, uh, Daniel Green, uh, I'm excited because he feels more comfortable in the three down now because he you know he's four down and then he was back and forth in, in spring and fall of last year that he feels really confident in what he's doing in the three down and he really fits a three down inside linebacker better and so I think he'll have a huge huge year for us um, and I think he's probably one of the more underrated players in the league Eli man that guy's just hard to block I mean, that, that guy is such a talented football player uh, and 
What we need to do with Eli is we need to challenge him to play more plays. You know, last year we split a lot of time with he and Timmy Horn, and Timmy was a really good player. We've got to challenge Eli. We've got to get another 15 to 20 plays out of him a game, and he's excited about that challenge. He's, he's taken this summer to say, okay, I've got to make sure that I'm in, in, in good enough shape and condition so I can play not 25 to 30 plays, but closer to 45 or 50 plays. I think Coach, last uh, year he used Jalen at, at an end more. You mentioned him now as a yep. tackler. He's going to play both. I mean, he's the, he's one of the swing guys. You know, we also have D Henson there. So we have, you know, between Eli, D, and potentially Pick. But it gives us the opportunity to move Pick outside to play some defense. Man, there's some games where you're going against tight ends and stuff that you don't want to play Nate and Felix all the time out there uh, that you end up putting a guy like Pick and probably a guy like Cody Stuffelbeam probably a little bit more uh, run bodies, stout guys in there. So he'll play an awful lot for us, but but play both inside and outside. And where is Khalid? Khalid's going to play some DN. He's going to play some linebacker. Um, you know, he's still coming back off of his uh, injury um, uh, that he sustained, and he's missed some time with a hamstring. So he's just he's not quite there yet, but he's going to get there, and he's going to be an impact guy for us. You know, we saw it in here. That kid can rush the passer. He did it in 2020, did it in 2021 until he got hurt. He'll be an impact for us. It's just a matter of he'll play some DN for us, and he's going to play some linebacker for us. You said uh, earlier Adrian could really benefit from a change in scenery potentially. Was there an aspect of that that you feel like jumps out with you and Adrian being in a new place? No, I just think with the landscape of transfers, everybody thinks transfers leave because they get in trouble or they hate a place or they got an argument with a coach or whatever it is. Um, and here was a situation where he speaks really highly of the people in Nebraska. The people in Nebraska speak really highly of him. And it was just maybe a change of something where he's like, I'm going to go try something different and, and test my skills with what they're doing at Kansas State with Colin Klein. And so there was nothing negative about him coming or leaving. Just sometimes that's the thing that the transfer portal does give. It gives a guy a change of scenery. Then Rush East, great career at, at Louisville. Change of scenery and end up being an all-conference all player here for us. So. That's why I embrace it, too. We've we've done really well with the transfer portal. I know we've lost kids, but every program's losing kids. It's making sure you fit and fill them in with the right guys. The battle at center, pretty tight still. Yeah, but they're both going to play. I, I really like what, what uh, Hadley's doing, and Hadley's the future there. Uh, but, uh, but Gilly is a guy that's so smart, knows what we're doing, and that's where... You know, we need to make sure that Hadley doesn't play nothing but center and play some guard, too, because he might be one of our best five. You guys had to be clarity on running back behind Deuce? No, it's pretty wide open, and that's something that we're going to do in fall camp because of the O-line, D-line battle that we need to make sure that get the guys that have been that missed spring ball uh, more reps on the D-line and get those younger Hadleys and, and Andrew against those guys. We're going to get those good O-line and D-line together, and we're going to put those young running backs behind it during fall camp and probably try to preserve Deuce a little bit to see uh, which one of those guys jumps out. Coach, uh, what, what was your reaction uh, last year after you guys won in Lubbock and Matt Wells got let go immediately afterward? Uh, and did you let, given y'all's friendship, did you have any conversations with him about joining your staff? Um, I don't – hit the first question first. I was really sad for college football. That, that Matt was released after a game where he's, I don't know what they were, 5-2, five 5-3. and, two, five and three. But I'm not there, so I don't know all of that stuff. Matt Wells is a dear, dear friend of mine, and I wish Matt nothing but the best. He, 
think he's at OU right now, I think. I'm not sure. Um, but I want what's best for Matt. Matt and I are still really good friends and, and happy that he's going. He's landing on his feet. Matt will be a head coach here soon. I remember last year you said you saw, you sought out some help for some other coaches about switching to the 3-4. Did you do that at all with offense, or was it just you and Colin talking about stuff? Um, yeah, we picked some people's brains. Um, I can tell you who we picked brains <laughs> on. Uh, but but a lot of that stuff was offensive guys in the winter as well going professional development or bringing guys in to talk to them uh, and then just kind of pulling some ideas together. I mean, I'm excited that we added Thaddeus Ward. Thad uh, has done some really good things at the wide receiver position and had some really good ideas. Riles is still one of the best run game guys there is, and B.A. is kind of the glue there with, with LePac. And so I'm excited about what some of the things we're going to do. I know, I know you can't talk about recruiting, but do you think there's any reason why now you guys are resonating more with players? Um, uh, no in particular reason. Absolutely no in particular reason that I can see. Uh, it, it's it's just a nonstop. Recruiting's hard. And as you, you well know, we've got to get kids to Manhattan to have success. And you take that 16-month window where kids couldn't get to Manhattan. And now that that is gone, knock on wood, it doesn't come back. Um, I think we have great things to sell uh, when they come to Manhattan from our staff uh, to our support staff to our facilities. I mean, that indoor that's going up is, is going to be magnificent. When news broke that Adrian was going to come to K-State and Will Howard in particular, did you have a chance to talk with him after that? How was his attitude, his work ethic during the spring when Adrian was out? What have you seen from Will? Um, great stuff. Will's a, a K-Stater and, and loves it at K-State and Will still, even though he's played a little foot, foot, bit of football, he's a young player still especially having to play in the pandemic year. Um, uh, had conversations with him. Uh, Colin has had conversations with him. Will Howard's going to play a lot of football at K-State and um, uh, whether or not that's this year it might be this year. You never know. We didn't think it was going to be in 20. 20 when it happened with Skyler getting hurt or 2021 and so I think all these snaps that he's gotten has done nothing but help him and then getting another voice in there with Adrian I think it's continuing to help Will's a team guy and uh, excited about his future you just heard from Kansas State football coach Chris Kleiman here is Wildcats athletic director Gene Taylor and I start off by asking him to kind of compare the sense of where Kansas State is post realignment uh, from last year to this year. You remember a year ago it was Texas and Oklahoma announcing they were leaving the Big 12 for the SEC. Uh, that was that happened just a, about a week after Big 12 football media days. And then this year it's UCLA and USC leaving the Pac-12 for the Big 10. So I asked Gene Taylor to compare the, the, the feeling on behalf of Kansas State uh, with those situations. I'm in a lot better place than I was a year ago. Uh, I think right now... The 12 of us, 14 of us, however you want to count it, yeah, we're in a position of strength compared to you know, last year. And I, I feel that collectively we know we're in a position of strength. So I think the 12 of us are like, okay, we don't have to panic. We don't have to go start calling everybody. But you know, if we do, let's make sure it's the right ones. I think for us in particular, I think we've had a long history of success, uh, particularly in football and basketball. I think our fan base, you know, we don't have a lot of, we don't have millions of eyeballs, but the eyeballs we have are passionate, and they're going to travel, and, and, and we're a good program. We're good in terms of how we compete, the fact we're successful, we do it the right way, all those things. And I think that's, a, that's important. I 
think you know I don't think we have to worry about it. Uh, a year ago, I was a little nervous, but I'm not that worried. That's good. I mean, that's. Um, do, do you? How much do you look at media? Opinions, rumor mills. You know, it's funny. A, a year ago, I tried not to, but you know, maybe a little uncomfortable when they were talking about schools and we weren't. There was a few of us that weren't part of those conversations. And now I'm reading it again a year later about some schools in the Pac-12. You know, so I think it's it's just you just got to feel pretty secure about who you are as a program and what you bring to the table and. I, I, like I said, I don't pay much attention to it this year because I know what we went through last year and we ended up being, being in a good shape, in a good place. But, um, when I, when I, I know we're well-respected in the industry, right, um, because of the program, because of what Bill built, because of coaches we have, success. And so at the end of the day, when conferences, if we, if we were to all of a sudden go to two or three conferences and we all split up I think K-State's good and I don't think that's the case um, I think we're, we're going to be shit. you don't think splitting up being two or three conferences will be the case I don't think so right. no I, I think we'll see no it'll depend on what happens with the Pac-12 uh, you know if any of those get nervous then maybe we're four conferences instead of five uh, to me right now they're doing everything just like we did last year to stay together well, that worked out for us you know hats off to Bob because you had a lot to do with that. That's my sense, and, and maybe the Pac-12 does what the Big 12 did last year and looks at the Mountain West for a couple of schools. Yeah, to, yeah, yeah. So We'll see. I mean, it just kind of, like you know, right now, I think if we do expand, we've got to make sure it's, and Brent talked about it, there's value, right? Because right now the pie is 40-some thousand, 40-some million per school. Well, if we had four more schools and it goes from 40 to 35, that doesn't have any of us. Right. But if we have those four schools and it goes to 50 or 60, I mean, it's not going to reach 100. No, but over know, time. But over time, it'll, I mean, all of a sudden, it's probably the right schools to add. I'd rather keep the, I don't want to lose a slice of the pie thinner than the current is. It's, it's hard enough to pay the bills right now. So. Right. Buying your first home is a huge milestone, but the journey there can be confusing. First Federal Bank of Kansas City is here to make it simple. After nearly a century of serving the KC community, our loan advisors have experience in every type of housing market. With a short phone call, we can give you a free rate quote and talk through loan options. No pressure, no obligation. The road to home ownership can be simple with First Federal Bank. Get started with a free quote at ffbkc.com homes. First Federal Bank of Kansas City, because banking is personal. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, this is Blair. There are several ways to access the Star Sports section. Let me tell you about a couple of them. There is Sports Pass. For $12.99 a month, you get unlimited digital access to all the Star Sports content, including beat writing, columns, features, pretty much everything we write. The deal renews monthly until you tell us to cancel. For $159.99 a year, you get everything the Star has to offer digitally, including sports and the e-edition. Go to KansasCity.com and drop down to the bottom of the page where it says start a subscription for more information. Your support has never been more important. 
As always, thanks for reading and listening. Welcome back to Sportsbeat KC. We're on the road at Big 12 Football Media Days in Arlington, Texas. You just heard from the Kansas State perspective. Now let's check in with KU and first up, quarterback Jalen Daniels. Um, you know, I feel like as the quarter, as a quarterback room, we're definitely all comfortable with each other. We're fine with, you know, helping each other get better. At the end of the day, we know that football is the next man up mentality. I could get hurt. Ben could get hurt. You know, you've seen what happened last year. You have to put somebody else in. So you have to make sure that the people that are around you are ready to go in no matter what the situation is. I feel like that means – I feel like we're all, you know, helping each other build. You know, at the end of the day, I'm not into the – I'm not into all the numbers or any of that stuff and stuff because at the end of the day, I want to be able to make myself better. I said it last year before the season. I'm going to say it again. only person I'm competing with is myself. At the end of the day, it's a you versus you mentality. If you feel like you're not able to compete with the ones around you, that just means that you don't feel confident in what you can do. Um, that really just comes with your, your, your breakdown of the game. Uh, coming into college, I didn't have that much, you know, I didn't have that much film education. I didn't really know how to break down film like that. But, you know, going through, uh, you know, the different offenses that I went through, different coaches, they taught me a lot. That's one thing that I've, you know, taken advantage of since I've been here. The fact that I've gotten different coaches has allowed me to open up my game to different ideas and different horizons. You know, I treat every rep like it's a game rep i i focus on being accurate with every single pass that i make because at the end of the day what you're doing is going to build habits you're going to either build a good habit or a bad habit and your bad habits come from when you're not 100 percent doing what you want to do so when you treat every rep like it's a game rep no matter if it's inside of practice in the game outside of practice extra work any of that you'll be perfectly fine Um, you know, I've really been working a lot with the receiver room so we can be, you know, on the same type of timing type of thing. Uh, you know, there's a lot of new guys who came in to, you know, the offensive side of the ball. So really just trying to teach them all the routes that all the route concepts that we have, everything that we do uh, as offense, you know, just keep growing in that aspect. Um, with Coach Sleeve, I feel like he... Whatever goal that you have for your body, he's able to help you get there. Uh, that's one thing that I've learned about this coaching staff. Once you tell them a goal, they're going to keep on pushing you to that every single day to uh, you know, complete that standard. Uh, with, with Coach Sleeve and my body, I feel like he's done everything that I, I've asked him you know, to do for me. Like I, Last year, I wanted to play at 210. He allowed me to get to where I wanted to go. But this year, I want to play at at least 215. No matter if it's between 215 and 220, I want to play in that area. Yes, I'm at 220 right now, but we have fall camp coming up, so <laughs> hopefully I can keep that 220. Uh, for me, I just feel like my freshman year, I was way too small, you know, especially with going against, you know, there's a lot of, I was 17 going against grown men out here, you know, there was 23, 24-year-olds out there. So I just want to be able to keep building my body for the next level. I'm not just thinking about college, I'm thinking about the NFL. What can I do to better myself, my chances in that aspect? It's definitely different from my first year. I mean, 
my, when Coach Leipold and them came here, the first thing that they did was ask us what we want from them. You know, they had us give us, they had us give them a list of everything that we, every quality that we want in our coaching staff and in our program. And, you know, they held us to that standard. They wrote down the top 10 things that they got from everybody on the team, and they just kept pushing on that. I don't remember all 10 of them, but the biggest two for me was trust and the the, the right to fit not the right to finish, but finish. Because there's a lot of times where we weren't able to finish out the game. So I, I, especially my freshman year, my freshman year, we had a lot going on. There was a lot of times where it felt like, you know, the energy was down. There was a lot of people giving up type of thing. But that's that was the main thing for me on that list was finish confidence. Definitely. Definitely. I mean, uh, Texas game, we were able to start off strong. By halftime, Texas was able to put up some points. But that halftime speech goes a long way. Every every halftime, it's either going to be we have to keep picking up the pace or we have to keep our foot on the pedal. You can't go backwards because if you play lackadaisical, this is the Big 12. You're going to allow them to be able to come back. Big 12 puts up numbers. You're not just you're not safe in the league with a with a 14. You know you're not safe with being up 14 in the game. You have to keep your foot on that pedal. You need to go up 50 if you can. Um, I didn't actually get to celebrate personally with Jared right after his catch because everybody jumped on him, and then he ended up going to go jump with a cornerback and ended up falling onto the ground then. But um, after it was all said and done, you know, after the after the game speech, me and him came back on the field, and I believe there's a picture somewhere, but it's just me and him looking at the scoreboard and, you know, how everything went. We just looking at it, and we just started talking like, dang, bro. They ain't never think that we was going to be able to do something like this. Don't it just feel good being able to prove people wrong? And that was the conversation that we had. And ever since ever since we got into KU, that's just always been our main motiva- motivation. Okay, that was KU quarterback Jalen Daniels. Now let's hear from Kansas Athletic Director Travis Goff. What do you think of the new uh, project going on in Texas I Tech? I love it. I love it. I'm, I'm excited for Texas Tech and Kirby and that program. I think it's good for everybody in the conference. I think it's good for everybody naturally, uh, nationally to know that ultimately you have to continue to invest in your programs, that no one gets to sit idle. And whether it be in football where it gets most of the attention probably from a facility perspective at the biggest numbers, the biggest cost. Uh, for Kansas, seeing Texas Tech make that kind of announcement, make that kind of investment is a really good thing. So I hope it just helps us get even more and more, I think, momentum and energy about the investments we have to make at our place. Why do you view that as a good thing? Because, again, it just it's another reminder that you're, you're gonna, if you sit idle, we know what that will look like. If you don't do what you have to do at your place that can move the needle in day-to-day for the student-athletes, for the football program, you're going to step backward. If you don't do something that makes a statement within your own league and nationally, that something's different at, at your particular place, then that matters as well. So can you then use that in terms of your people, the donors, the fundraisers, that everybody and say, look, this is what needs to be done? Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of things that, that you can tap into and you can, you can utilize. You can talk about the instability of, of the landscape of college athletics and college football and conferences and conference realignment, um, driven um, not, not solely but pretty close to solely by football. We all understand that. Um, you can talk about year two of Lance Leipold era and all the the progress that's being made, but that also it's going to take time to have 
the real tangible win-loss indications that this thing's absolutely transforming. And so what are some other ways that you can make those statements? What other tangibles can you demonstrate? Obviously, facilities are an important part of a really profound, tangible statement about commitment to the sport of football. Does Kansas have to do that without hesitation? Kansas has to do that, and Kansas has to do that in a reasonably short order. How far away would you say you guys are from potentially announcing something like a new stadium? Yeah, I'd say we're we're progressing. Um, for me, 14 months in, we're progressing on exactly the track we should be, which means being really thoughtful, exploring multiple options, making sure we've got key partners involved in those discussions, making sure an entire institution can get behind what that investment is going to need to look like, that it's not a short-sighted rush to announcement, rush to just saying we're doing something that's something that has a 25-plus year uh, trajectory and impact to it. So that's, that's the immediate path we're on with the right leadership, with the right buy-in, you know, the chancellor fully grasping the importance of that aspect. Our other stakeholders, donors, and others um, really embracing that this is a critical juncture in that in that particular um, uh, realm. And, and I guess going back to the question, a year ago when I was just getting settled in at KU, I was very optimistic. I knew that the facility, in particular the stadium, had to be something that we made a, a profound statement and a profound investment in. We are significantly ahead of where I thought we'd be a year ago in terms of where we are today. So I'm excited about that. When you hear you, when you hear your Mark talking, saying the Big 12 open for business, saying no stone unturned, does that kind of fire you up to know that he's here, he's ready to work, he's ready to you know, make the Big 12 everything that it can be? Yeah, no, no question. I mean, I think that's the mentality you have to have, whether you're the commissioner of the Big 12, whether you're the athletic director in a Big 12 institution, whether you're the head football coach, um, thinking about being down here for media days. It is just that. It's making sure that you're, you're absolutely understanding the landscape. It's making sure you're exploring any and all ways in which you can invest in your particular place and your property. In, in Brett's case, that's the conference. Um, we've got great alignment behind that. And then for each of us, I think we all feel similarly. It's like, how are we maximizing our value? How are we addressing our deficiencies, our liabilities? And in, in Kansas, those are the things that we're focused on. Is there anything new that you can share about the NCAA case with the men's basketball program? There's not. No, unfortunately, there's not. Is there the potential that this won't be concluded before the season begins? Uh, I guess certainly there's the potential of that. I don't have information that tells us it is or it isn't going to be. Um, I've been hopeful that in 2022 we were going to be able to move past that. And uh, we're halfway home on 2022, so it remains to be seen. Have you noticed any more fan excitement, any more tickets sold football-wise after the late success the team had last year? Yeah, we, we absolutely have. You know, I think it's two, two statements. One is uh, – People know that the way in which Lance and his staff are going about it is a way that can be sustained, literally addressing the foundation, addressing the, the core challenges we've had, um, having continuity and consistency for our young men, right? Them now under Lance's staff, having the same strength coach for a second year, having the same position coach for a second year, things that at our place we just haven't had the ability to have. So I guess the short answer is, Without a question, people paying attention to Kansas football are excited. They believe in the direction. They're buying into that. The other part of the answer is it's been 10-plus years of challenges around Kansas football, which means there's a lot of people that need to see the real tangible outcome show up, wins and losses, 
we're excited about that that day and that time. We won't sit idle in the meantime. We're going to keep pushing and challenging our fans to, to step up and support the program before it shows up profoundly on, on the win-loss call. When Brett was asked about potentially adding those Pac-12 teams, he said a lot of stuff, but he, he didn't say no. Um, do you anticipate that, that the Big 12, we haven't seen the end of the changes, potentially that we're going to see some additions at some point? Uh, well, it's, if at some point means, you know, looking as far out as any of us could see, I, you know, I think there's certainly a chance that this thing could just continue to shift. You know, could be more growth in any of the conferences. I don't think anybody feels like 12 might be an ultimate outcome or 16 might be an ultimate outcome at other leagues. That there's going to be more, more change out there. And again, I think the beauty of, the, of his approach is he hasn't become so predetermined on one particular path of what might be additional value and impact for the Big 12, exploring all options. And I, we know that to be the case with how he's going about it. It's not just what sounds good at Big 12 media days. Do you, think, do you feel like we're officially in the era of super conferences where it's kind of like get big or die when it comes to being relevant in college sports? Yeah, I mean, I think that's a, the, the, the thing that's probably pretty easy to talk about, pretty easy to assume, and rightfully so. It's felt that might be in the immediate um, direction. I'll tell you, the last few days, uh, None of us should be naive enough to think things have settled and calm, but I, I think there's a there's a chance that this whole thing doesn't disrupt at this particular moment in time. That this could be similar to last year, two valuable institutions and brands making a jump to the Big Ten, just as was the case in OU and Texas, and of course Big 12 expansion in reaction to that. That maybe though there doesn't have to be an earth-shattering effect beyond that in this moment in time. But that's just a sentiment right now. What have you learned through these two you know, movements, yeah. Texas OU last year and the Pac-12 this year, what have you learned? What's been reinforced to you about the brand, the value of the KU brand? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's, it's two things. Number one, it is a chance to go, well, what are the unique assets and positives about the University of Kansas? You better understand that from our lens, otherwise we're selling the place short, right? So institutionally it matters. Academics matters, AAU, all those things that matters everywhere. I'm not talking about particular conference, I'm talking about across the country. The institutional um, foundation, the educational, academic strength matters a lot. And then of course you think about brand value in terms of eyeballs. University of Kansas, we've got a proud tradition. We've got a brand that resonates across the world, a, a, a literally a logo that um, induces a reaction all over the place, and then it doesn't hurt anything to, to have another reminder just a few months ago that we have as quality and as sustained a basketball program as any place in the country. The thing I think about and probably spend most of my time feeling optimistic about is we have all of those things that are incredibly strong, and that are you know proven with what I believe to be the greatest potential in Power Five sports in our football program, and so that's where I go. My goodness, what we could be in the future with that potential in the sport of football is is, is unbelievable. Then the second thing, Blair, to go back to, you have to then really look hard at what are your liabilities, what are your deficiencies. You have to own those. You have to talk about them, you have to put them on the table, and you have to have a plan to, on how to address them. You can't shy away, you can't just talk about the good stuff. What are those? Well, I mean, it's, it's at the forefront, it's the sport of football. To no, to no surprise, everybody understands that. You know, the, the lasting effects of 10, maybe 10 plus years of the challenges we face, lack of continuity, lack of identity, right? Any resemblance of a multi-year maybe build in the right way, 
um, at this in this last decade of college athletics, there's been an impact to that. I mean, there's been an impact for our fan base. There's been an impact to the brand, so to speak, right? So you have to not just understand that. You have to understand and talk about what are you doing differently this time around, right? So how are you going to address that differently? In this, you know, we're talking about the sport of football. We look at a hundred-year-old stadium, right? One that has had some improvements made over time. It's not hard to understand that we've made uh, indirectly. We've made statements about our commitment or maybe lack thereof in that sport. If that stadium stays as is, sits idle, we don't have real vision and real progressive lens on how we're going to address that. So, it, you know, those are the, probably the most two obvious. Um, but there are things we can do to change that. It can't just sit back and hope that we win. We hope that we fill the, the current stadium. And then you have a plan to attack it at that juncture. There's there's no nobody sitting around waiting for those things to occur right now at KU. Um, and that's somewhat driven by the landscape and the uncertainties around it. And it's also just driven by the, the potential and the opportunity we know we have. That'll do it for today. Thanks to our Sports BKC production staff of Randy Mason, Monty Davis, Jeff Rosen, and Chris Fickett. A shout out to our sponsor, First Federal Bank. Their website is ffbkc.com. The morning sports edition was 45 pages today. It was full of baseball, a British Open preview, and the one thing I really loved, a schedule for the upcoming World Track and Field Championships. If you haven't already, check it out. The website is liveedition.kansascity.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back soon with another Sports Beat KC.